Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's up, everybody? Better late than never, I guess. Anthony Cazenza here with the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast and CincyJungle.com. Happy to have you with us. Uh, look, we usually do the post-game show pretty shortly after the game concludes. Uh, there are some kind of just some personal stuff that popped up. And so I apologize for those of you, if you stayed up expecting a post-game show from our channel, um, thank you very much. But I do apologize if we left you hanging there. Didn't mean to do that. Uh, just some personal stuff kind of came up schedule-wise. It was really late that evening. And then, of course, um, you know, I the, the last time we took the air, there was some stuff that I kind of either criticized or went over. And then, you know, we you take a step back a day later, you watch the game again, you watch elements of the game again, you kind of say, well, maybe I wasn't fully accurate in some of the statements I made there based on some of the film. So I kind of wanted this week, because of some other things popping up, and uh, just everything going on, I just kind of said, hey, you know, let's let's take a step back for a second, um, kind of see a clearer picture instead of an immediate reaction. And we will try to go uh, try to try to go from there and um, see what we can come up with based on the Bengals losing to Washington in Washington, 13 to 17. Again, Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider. Happy to have all of you with us before we get to the stats a little bit of uh, clips and some different things we're going to talk about. Want to just remind everybody, we have a huge week on the show. We're doing this as part of the post-game show, so I guess we're kind of cheating a little bit with this one. Tuesday, tomorrow, we have the water cooler chat where we're going to go over all of the different headlines. So we're not going to do so much of that yet today, but we're going to do more of that tomorrow, go through everything with the Bengals, the NFL, AFC North, everything. So join us for that. Wednesday, we have our big show. We have also an interview. We're either going to be unveiling it either Wednesday or Thursday. If you caught one of our live shows last week, you may have heard who this interview is with, but a very, very fun, cool interview. Um, someone associated with the Cincinnati Bengals. We can't tell you too much quite yet, but we're going to unveil that later this week. It's either going to be Wednesday or Thursday. And then, of course, we have uh, the listener questions live and a roundtable chat with the Locked On Bengals guys, James Rapine and Jake Liskow. Really looking forward to that one. We're going to field your questions. We're going to just kind of talk about some topics, a little hangout sesh. So hopefully all of you will join us for that or download after the fact on your favorite audio streamer, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, everything. Um, we're there. 
Also, it'll be on our YouTube channel, so check it out there. Subscribe if you can. Turn on notifications so you know when we go live, whether it's for post-game analysis, all of the listener questions live, our main show, all of it. Um, it's all it's all there for you to be reminded about, quite honestly. So anyway, we're gonna we're gonna bring you a big week of football, but before we do that, we got to talk about what happened this weekend. So I am going to, as I usually do, share um, some some of my screen and show you some different things that I find interesting. I usually on these, if you haven't been watching one of our post game shows before, I like to show the box score. Just to, it doesn't tell the entire tale, but it does give everybody some points of reference. In, in what we're going to talk about as well as just some statistical analysis that we can talk about. And, you know, sometimes these numbers say some things that speak truth and sometimes these numbers don't. For instance, let's look at Brandon Allen's numbers, the quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals who took the most snaps and had the most passing attempts, not a good night from him. And quite honestly, eight of 17 for 70 yards became generous based on some of the throws that we saw early on. Um, you see there only a 4.1 yard uh, completion average, no touchdowns, no interceptions, did have the rushing touchdown late, a one yard one yard rushing touchdown late into his stint, but not a lot to be inspired about for the most part from uh, the backup quarterbacks. Kyle Shermer, 4-4, yards, you like that. Um, did take the sack, but Kyle Shermer showed some things that you liked. Eric Dungy, um, I, I believe, was was waived. So, um, and again, we'll talk about all that kind of stuff there. But uh, Dungy, um, three of six for 14 yards there. Uh, but at, at any rate, that's the backup quarterback picture at this point in time. And Brandon Allen, some of those, uh, I, I will say that while eight of 17 for 70 yards is generous because some of his throws were errant, he also didn't get a lot of help from some players. Now you can, you can make it. Let's start with Trent Irwin. A lot of people felt if you read my winners and losers, by the way, I don't really like calling people losers uh, for the record. I don't like that, but that's what the name of the article is called. And that's another one of those posts that when I write it, you know, we're looking right in a game. It's live as we're having, we're writing down observations as we're doing it. And it gets posted shortly after kickoff. And then as you go back and you watch some things, maybe you say, you know, this is maybe I was a little harsh here. Maybe this wasn't so much the case here. There was a Trenton Irwin drop um, in the game. And I noticed that on, on kind of re-review, it was a ball that maybe could have been caught, but it was a tough ball. Brandon Allen, not a, a very good throw on that, a wide open play to get a first down on a third and short. So uh, at any at any rate, um, the, you know, I, I was a little harsh for some people's taste on, on Trenton Irwin, obviously there was the fumble that was called back because of the penalty. It was kind of a spearing penalty. Um, but you know, the, the, the fact of the matter is between he and Brandon Allen, there was not much rapport because there were six targets and only two receptions. He was the leading receiver of the day, made a tough catch across the middle to take that hit that caused the fumble, ultimately a penalty. Brandon Allen rushed it in. So maybe I was a little, a little harsh in terms of a drop and whatnot, but the fact of the matter is two catches on six targets Whoever you want to place the bulk of the blame there, not great in terms of uh, you know the the rapport between Allen and Irwin. Now, um, you, you look you look further here in terms of Brandon Allen's numbers. Here's the other facet, of course, the Jamar Chase three drops. Now, you, some people are rushing right away to, and we're we're going to talk about Jamar Chase later this week, most definitely. John and I have a lot to say about that, um, but Jamar Chase gets credited with three drops. Unfortunately, that seemed to follow him uh, on Sunday's practice. 
Thankfully, on Monday, again, we'll talk about this more tomorrow. Thankfully, on Monday, it sounds like he started to turn a corner, was working later after practice on Sunday, catching the ball, but some issues that just kept getting into his head as of Sunday seems to be turning a corner as of Monday. We'll see what happens in the third preseason game, but not a good showing for Jamar Chase. And he look, as I went back and looked at those passes as well, I would say, you know, two of those probably should have been caught. There was the first one was maybe a little behind him and he kind of slid a little bit and you know, you, you can probably chalk that one up as a, you know, maybe a, a both guys or maybe not a great throw from Brandon Allen. Sure. The other two, there was one that was kind of alligator armed. If you want to call that a business decision, because he was going to take a shot from, from the safety there, Landon Collins, fine. But I mean, it, that's, that's a catch you just, you, you should make if you are Jamar Chase. And then there was one closer down towards the goal line that uh, could have been made as well. I would say, you know, probably two of those three should have been caught. Um, and, and you could place a little blame on Brandon Allen in terms of some placement. Of course, you could sit there and say, you know, the, the, the rapport there really is with Chase and Burrow, and that's where it really matters, of course. But you just don't like to see this from Jamar Chase. I, I know there's some people saying, don't worry, don't panic. And then there's other people who are flying off the cliff in terms of worry and panic with Jamar Chase. Guys, it's okay to be to have a middle ground. It's okay to be worried, but also think he's going to be okay. We're we're and again, we're going to talk about that. You can you can think you can think what you want about the situation there, um, and, and I think it's pretty understandable, at least from the seat that I'm sitting in. And uh, I, I don't know, but a little concerning in terms of the drops and and missed balls, and that's where you can say a lot of uh, production was missed with Brandon Allen and some of these receivers here. The big story, though, on the receiving end. You can uh, let's let's go down here to receiving. Uh, I was sitting there at the rushing the rushing column there, and we'll go back to that in just a second. But Trent Irwin again, the leading receiver, two catches, twenty four yards on those six targets. Auden Tate, cir- circus catch there. You gotta love that. A guy who has been buried a bit, not talked about a lot because of Chase, because of the camp that T Higgins is having, because of the camp that Tyler Boyd has, and the talent at the group at the wide receiver group, Tate is really, really showing out and a guy, um, you know, two catches, 23 yards on those two targets. And I'm really curious to see what the plan is with him this season, because he is a guy that I think could and should be utilized in red zone situations, third down situations. He should be on the field more. If you remember last year, he wasn't on the field very much early and there was some trade me talk. Uh, his, his agent came out and said, you know, if you're not going to play him, let's trade him somewhere. Uh, so I would like to see him out there and definitely making some plays as the regular season goes on. Uh, so we we go on here. I mean, there's some a catch from Scotty Washington, a guy we haven't heard uh, too much from. Thad Moss had two catches, six yards, also got involved in the blocking game. Let's go back up a little bit here. Uh, Trent Taylor, one catch, three yards. That's a guy who needed to kind of make uh, some noise here to fend off Trent and Irwin as for one of those potential last spots. And, um, you know, has not really done so at this point, whether it be special teams or receiving, but Jacquez Patrick and Chris Evans remain kind of the story as is usually the case in preseason. You're going to run the football a lot. You're going to see what some of these backup running backs have. And these two guys showed, showed quite a few things. Patrick's a big guy and can move pretty well for his size. Led the team six carries, 42 yards, a seven-yard per carry average. We're going to talk about offensive line. Don't worry. Um, had an 11-yard run. Chris Evans, nine carries, 35 yards. Now, most of that was on a nice 17-yard scamper there. So, um, you know, but those two guys making a bid. You've got Travion Williams that that is uh, not playing. Samaj P. Ryan a guy that this coaching staff 
really, really likes, has not played well in two preseason games. I don't know what that means or doesn't mean, but two carries, you see here, two carries, three yards for him in this game. The first game he had a fumble. So, I mean, it, there's there hasn't been great tape for Samaj P. Ryan um, behind Joe Mixon there. Joe Mixon, of course, two carries, four yards, not a lot to get excited about there, but I mean, limited limited time. He's going to have a lot of touches. Don't worry. But Jacquez Patrick, Chris Evans. Um, Evans didn't contribute into in the passing game this week like we maybe thought he was in terms of corralling a reception. Jacquez Patrick did. He had one catch for five yards. So those guys making a good case for themselves, making a good case for themselves. And the offense, look, there's some ugliness to it. Uh, there are some things, and we'll get back to, to this in just a second. There are some ugly elements to the offense, but, um, you know, there's – there's some things to really like, and I'm going to point that out to you right now. We're going to talk more defense and special teams in just a minute um, as we are breaking down a little late, a little late, a little after the fact. We're breaking down the Bengals' loss to the Washington football team on Friday night. Thanks for joining us. I know uh, you may have been expecting a Friday night, a Saturday post-game show. I apologize. We didn't get to that again. Some personal stuff came up. And like I said, based on some things last week, based on the winners and losers posts and all that kind of stuff, I said, let me try something here. Let's take a day or two and let's let's ease back a little bit. Let's kind of see some things, uh, uh, take a step back, see some things, and maybe look at things a little clearer there. Before we keep going, I saw a comment earlier from, uh, let's see, I think it's Almac 22. Um, where was that one? He basically said something to the effect of you guys should have a, uh, a crossover with the, the rest of the Cincy jungle podcast guys, since we're having one with the, with the, um, the locked on bangles guys, I was going to pin that comment. I couldn't find it. Apologize, but yes, we will be doing that as well. They may not know that yet, but I'm going to, I'm going to ask them. So we're going to do something like we did. We, I think we did it last year. It's kind of a season kickoff, a regular season kickoff. We're going to, we're going to do that. Maybe that'll be on Thursday night for the first game of the season in general. Maybe that'll be earlier that week. I don't really know, but we're, we're planning on doing some sort of collaborations and more of them with the orange is the new black guys, Ace and Zim, and of course, Matt Minnick, who does Chalk Talk on the channel. So um, at any rate, that is, uh, I saw that comment earlier and I wanted to address that. So we've got a lot of fun things coming down the pike. Let's talk about some offensive line play. This offensive line, the starting group did not let up a pressure or a sack. There was only one sack in this game allowed. Uh, I think that was to... Um, who was that to Shermer? I have to go back and look. At any rate, we'll we'll find that in just a second. But here, here's let's look at let's look at this. This is Ben Solak, um, and he's a popular Twitter follow. And I wanted to play this for you all here. Here's here's the play here. Here's the Chris Evans 17 yard run. If you're watching the if you're watching the video feed on YouTube, and I'll try and break it down for you. He bounces it out left. It was a nice run. A couple of nice cutbacks. Check out number 60. Swallows his guy. Check out number 79, Jackson Carmen. Buries his guy up the field. And he didn't even have great hand placement. Didn't even really get off, uh, find his guy till late. And he, I mean, it was a smaller defensive back there, but he absolutely swallowed that guy. Um, 79, if you watch that. So a nice play by him. Nice by Mike Jordan. Um, Stanley Morgan, I believe it is, on the outside, uh, sustaining a nice block. Look at 75, Isaiah Prince getting some nice push there. 
Uh, so you, you got to like that. Fred Johnson, his first game back, if, if we go back and watch it one more time here, Fred Johnson gets a, pushed back a little bit there, uh, but it's his first game back. He was he was in there at right uh, on the right side there getting pushed back. So look, there's some there's some nice there's some nice film here from the backups and we can't, we can't ignore Thad Moss there getting into the hole and making a nice block as well. So uh, if you haven't seen that play, at least from the the backside camera angle, you have to like that. Here is another one. This is from Duke Manyweather who specializes in offensive linemen and their film and training them, etc. This is a clip he did of, this is Jonah Williams on Chase Young. Keep your eye on the left hand side of your screen now we chase young you'd like to think was maybe going uh somewhat close to full go early in the game he had a he had a pressure he was seen charging down the field excuse me it was on the screen pass that was called a a, that quentin spain was was tagged with a with a holding penalty there but look at jonah williams against chase young far left side of your screen just kind of holds him at bay and that is stuff that you like to see there. Quentin Spain doing the same on the left side. And look at this pocket. Billy Price finding a guy, getting a nice chip alongside there with Xavier Suofilo um, to knock the defender down there. And, I mean, they're, they're, Riley Reeve holding his guy. I mean, that's a nice pocket there. I know the ball comes out somewhat quick, but the Allen gets into his drop uh, and, and, and fires the ball there. So this is the kind of stuff that you like to see and you're hoping you would see from the offensive line under Frank Pollock. So you, you got you got to like that kind of stuff. Again, we don't know if Chase Young was absolutely going full bore there. Um, it is preseason. It was kind of in a little bit into the game there. But, I mean, it's Jonah Williams against Chase Young. And that's a marquee matchup, a number former number 11 overall pick against a former number two overall pick. And Jonah held his own there. Jonah held his own there. So... Uh, yeah, Derek. Derek Frode says uh, I don't. I still haven't figured out who I was throwing to on that play. Uh, it's pretty funny. Let's continue on here. I'm going to share some more stuff on the offensive line, and we. I don't want to belabor the point, but we we gotta we gotta like some of the things that we're seeing here. Here are some of the top pass blockers on the Bengals for the offensive line. Here, look at the names and look at the scores. Uh, 25 pass blocking snaps for Mike Jordan, 85.5. Deontay Smith, 84.8 on 16 snaps. Jonah Williams, 81.8 on 10 snaps. Xavier Suofilo, 78 on 23 snaps. Um, you, you really have to like the the play from Xavier Suofilo and Mike Jordan. You really have to like that. I, I know Deontay Smith is another guy to, to really uh, give a thumbs up to there, but you're looking at 25 and 23 respective pass blocking snaps for Jordan and Suofilo. And I mean, uh, you got an 85.5 and a 78 pass blocking score. That's not, that's not too bad. 76.7 from Riley reef um, on 10 snaps. So, I mean, not outstanding, but, but decent. And Oh, the overall scores for the tackles last year, Jonah was a 70.1 and uh, Bobby Hart was like a 66 um, then now that's not that's not pass blocking score. That's just the overall score. But I mean, I think you're starting to see a little bit of a difference there. And and no, you know, you no sacks given up by the first group. I, I think no pressures through the two games given up by the first group. So you, you have to you have to like um, you have to like a lot of, of what they're putting out there. And you have to believe that Frank Pollock is getting through to these guys, especially some of these embattled guys, guys we were concerned about potentially, you know, hanging on to a starting spot, whatever. 
Um, and then, of course, you've got Deontay Smith going in there, a rookie who was viewed as a project, and he's putting out some good tape. I mean, there are a couple of snaps where you go, oh, boy. But, uh, you know, other than that, I mean, you look at those pass blocking snaps, that's that's outstanding. That's outstanding, especially from a rookie coming in there. Didn't have a lot of time last year because of COVID, and he was in and out and lost weight and tried to gain weight. So, yeah, I, I like I, I you know I was kind of critical about the offensive line because they there wasn't a, a consistent running game. A lot of people said, "Well, Anthony, they're vanilla. They're not putting a lot of things out there." Sure, fine, but I wanted to see a little bit more consistency. And and you know they're putting out the consistency on the passing game at least. Um, I know things are a little vanilla. I know that you know they may not be seeing the type of blitzes and extravagant packages from opposing defenses because they may be going vanilla as well against them. But when you see Jonah. Hold Chase Young at bay. When you see that nice pocket from all of those guys, Billy Price seeking out contact and knocking a guy to the ground, these are the things you like to see from the Bengals' offensive line. These are the things that will translate, obviously, into the regular season and hopefully make Joe Burrow more comfortable. So we we have to uh, we have we have to like a lot of those a lot of those aspects. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go back, if we will, to the box score so we can talk a little special teams and a little defense. Uh, again, Anthony Cazenza breaking down the 13-17 loss by the Bengals to the hands of the Washington football team on their home turf. Thanks for joining us on the Orange and Black Insider and CincyJungle.com. Appreciate you tuning in, whether it's live or downloading after the fact. I know it's a couple days late. Appreciate that. But uh, we will have, as I mentioned at the top of the show, a lot more content basically every day this week we're gonna have content for you so hope you enjoy it let's go down to the defense kind of an up and down day from Darius Phillips allowed a big completion fielded a punt in the uh deep deep inside his own territory early in the game and so there's just some things where you go oh boy but hey you know you gotta let him feel some things out and he's a guy that I think still if you're looking at him as your number four corner down the depth chart, 
Uh, he's a guy that that's going to be a valuable guy. So, um, you know, seven total tackles for him there. You see uh, Jordan Evans. He kind of struggled a little bit at times um, on defense. Jalen Davis had four total tackles, and they were all solo, and two of them for, were for loss. So um, that's kind of a nice statistic there. Cam Sample uh, got injured in this game. Seems to be minor. Yes, we've heard that before. Seems to be minor, but uh, he will hopefully be back, and he is all of a sudden going to be a very, very important player in this in this draft class and on this defense because of the injury to Joseph Osai. If you did not hear, uh, Joseph Osai appears to be gone. Some some reports are for the rest of the year because of a uh, you know a, a knee situation that happened to pop up. They were examining him for a wrist, and then you know there was also a knee issue. So looks like he's going to have surgery and could be gone for the year. Maybe back sooner. Conflicting reports there, but Cam Sample now a movable piece on that defensive line is going to be huge. Uh, big blow losing Osai. No doubt. Big blow losing, losing Osai. That is for sure. Let's let's go down here. Logan Wilson. Uh, I was I was pretty high on Logan Wilson's evening um, for the most part. He got lost early in the game in the wash on a on a big play to the tight end Logan Thomas. Uh, he he kind of got fooled on that. So th- there were some you know some issues there. Some people said he looked lost at other times. I, you know I, I I he was in there with DJ Reader on the fourth down stop. Uh, he, he was in there on a, on a forced fumble. So, I mean, you know, I, I, I kind of like, uh, what, what I saw there from, from Logan Wilson, um, in this game. So, uh, I, I think there's still some growth to be had there, but you got to like that DJ reader. I mentioned two tackles, um, a guy that, uh, you know, he had a quarterback hit as well, a guy that is very, very valuable for this defense and, you know, um, should be a guy that, is counted on heavily on the interior of the line. A very, very solid game for him. Two in a row in very limited snaps by DJ Reader, and that is encouraging based on him missing significant time last year. Mike Daniels had a couple of nice snaps as well, two tackles. So, uh, you know, there, there there are some some nice things on defense there to take away. Let's also go back to PFF Cincinnati, their Twitter account, sharing some scores with you there in terms of the Bengals um, and unfortunately, this is from a little bit earlier on Monday. Unfortunately, you see the big, big score up there, 89.6 from Joseph Osai through the two weeks of preseason action. Obviously, minimum of 20 snaps and all of those came in week one for him. Um, but you can kind of put a line through through that, at least for 21 in Joseph Osai. That's kind of a bummer. But here you go, Logan Wilson. A lot of people... Um, you know, again, kind of hot and cold on his on his week two. 88 overall PFF score by Logan Wilson um, in, in at least 20 snaps. So um, that's a pretty respectable score there. Jesse Bates, 73.4. Probably not showing all that much uh, is Bates and, and making some business decisions out there. He is trying to work out a new contract. Marcus Bailey, he had his hands on, uh, I believe, at least one, if not two interceptions this past Game uh, did not did not corral those in, but uh, he's been around the football a bit. And Darius Hodge, that is the guy and a name to watch. Um, I, I mentioned Cam Sample being an important player. Uh, Darius Hodge is another one. Darius Hodge is another guy that now has an opportunity to make this football team and be a contributor. He was right in there on the on the first, uh, I believe, it was the first series. Was the first guy in there on the on the pass 
uh, on the, the nickel defense there uh, came off the edge, hit Ryan Fitzpatrick, and and it caused a ball that could have been intercepted. Uh, unfortunately, resulted in a completion there because it was the receiver was kind of waiting right there. But um, and then he had a pressure later as well that caused. Tyler Heineke to uh, kind of scramble around and lose the football. Washington got it back. So, you know, Darius Hodge is a guy as a, as a nickel guy, as a niche pass rusher, he is a guy that could come in and and do some things off the edge. Now, is he a Joseph Osai in terms of overall athlete prospect? No, but I think he also has more talent than his undrafted status because he is a guy who's had a, a couple of uh, or, or one lingering off field issue that caused him in part to be undrafted. So he could be a guy now that has his opportunity with this team to come in and be a, an able pass rusher um, and, and be a guy that that could be a very valuable piece, a very valuable piece there with uh, on the defense in the wake of a big injury to Osai. So that's, that's a little bit a snapshot of the defense, not an overall exciting last week. They had the couple of interceptions. They had the fumble recovery there. Um, You know, Kyle Shermer lost the fumble. uh, So, I mean, not, not a great night in terms of the turnover differential. It was Shermer, as I mentioned earlier, that had that, that was sacked, but overall offensive line play, you got to be pretty excited about some of the things you're seeing, particularly from the backups. Um, You have to be excited uh, in terms of some of the things on defense. Trey Hendrickson's looking good. Sam Hubbard's looking good. DJ readers looking good. Mike Daniels is getting in there as a rotational guy. That defensive line's looking pretty nasty and, and a lot deeper than it has. Cam samples had some nice snaps, um, you know, they've got to figure out a way. Now they've brought in Noah Spence as well. So you've got Cam Sample, potentially Darius Hodge. You bring in the former high second round pick, Noah Spence, and hope you can get something out of him and, and put something together with those those guys to be able to remedy the loss of Osai because that's a big one. That's a big one. One more time, I'm going to share the box score, and then we're going to probably pop on out of here because, like I said, we've got a lot more coming at coming at you this week on the program. Here are the special team statistics. You see here Darius Phillips did have a nice kick return, a 36-yarder there. Um, Brandon Wilson probably slated as he's um, – always been in Pro Bowl conversation over the past couple of seasons as a kick returner, um, probably will be a guy that uh, will we'll hang on to that, did have a 21-yarder. Puka Williams, uh, one, one return there for 19 yards, so a Puka Williams signing there. Darius Phillips, I mentioned the six-yard return, and then he had the the one that he fielded, you know, that, that was deep inside the, the Bengals' territory. Not a lot of other opportunities in terms of punt returns for guys because Washington was either going for it, they were moving the ball a lot, they, they you know, they kicked field goals, you know, whatever the case may be, but they were not giving the Bengals a ton of opportunities on punt returns there. So, I mean, you see there's four returns, four punts there. Um, So you see there were three other um, and three of them inside the 20. So just, you know, not a lot of opportunities for others on the Bengals to get punt returns. Uh, The the kicking game, you got to, you got to be excited about Evan McPherson. Now, look, we're, we're a little concerned about Jamar Chase and the drops. We're a little concerned about Jackson Carmen being deep down in the Bengals depth chart, right? We're, we're a little concerned about all of that. Osai now potentially lost for the year. Your top three picks all of a sudden, oh boy, what's going on with, with those guys? 
Well, as you go down, Cam Sample's playing some good football. Tyler Shelvin's had a pretty good first game, a so-so second game. Um, you're seeing some nice things out of Deontay Smith, and now you go to Evan McPherson, you know, a, a perfect night on uh, on the away team's field, two of two, including a 50-yarder, six points on a, on a night where the Bengals only scored 13 of them. You have to like that. Seibert's making a competition of it, though. He did hit the extra point, um, did not attempt a field goal, but this seems to be McPherson's job, and rightfully so. He looks really, really good. It's going to depend upon, you know, in the season, late in the year, bad weather, AFC North games, can he hit these types of kicks? Um, and, and, you know, he's there was some bad weather down down south where he played, but, you know, this is this is – NFL football and AFC North football, he's going to need to hit those kicks late in the season when the weather isn't great and potentially some tight AFC North games there. So I like it. I like what I'm seeing, though, from from him. He seems to be a very good pick. Kevin Huber doing Kevin Huber things, 229 yards punting, um, well over his, his counterpart, Tress Way, there in terms of yards punted. Two of the five in the inside the 20, 45.8 yards per kick average. Um, so this seems to be Kevin Huber's job as, as well. Drew Chrisman, um, I, I think he was just activated, so maybe we'll see more of him in preseason game three. This is probably a situation where it's Huber's job this year. Maybe it's Chrisman's job next as Huber um, continues to, to get up there in age a little bit, but he's still showing that he's got the stuff. But, um, yeah, good stuff from the – Special teams, Loki here, our buddy Loki saying I'm bromancing on McPherson so far. Um, Almack, uh, Seibert back to the Browns. They just put their kicker on IR, potentially, potentially. Um, that's that's kind of a little bit of a snapshot of what's going on with the Bengals and what happened this last weekend. We talked about some stats. We gave you some PFF scores and, and showed you a couple of video clips in terms of some offensive line play in particular there, but – the wide receivers, aside from Chase's drop, um, look pretty solid. Tate is particularly Tate, Boyd, and Higgins. They're going to be fine. I think Jamar Chase is going to be fine, but we're going to talk more about that later this week. There's a lot to dissect there. But you know the sky's the limit for Chase there. Um, so you have you have a, a pretty good feeling, for the most part, about the wide receiver group. The defense seems to be vastly improved, particularly upon the defensive line. That secondary is nasty. One guy I did not, I did not mention was Chidobia Wuzie. If you go back to that first quarter, there was a, a play where Ryan Fitzpatrick threw a ball deep down the left sideline. And it was to Terry McLaurin, who was quietly one of the best deep threats. And, and one of the guys that doesn't get a lot of run because of some in, inconsistent quarterback play since he's been in the league, but He's a guy who can be a scary threat in this league. And if you go back and watch that play, I wish I had the clip queued up. Chidobia Wuzie is almost playing wide receiver in that clip. I mean, he he is all over that play. Now, maybe a basic, I, I have to go back and see what the pattern was. But as I saw it in real time, Wuzie was right there. And this is continuing off the guy who many people think is and has been one of, if not the most impressive player in Bengals camp, a new addition in free agency, Chidobia Wuzie. Trey Waynes was looking pretty good. So all of a sudden, some things on defense are coming together pretty nicely 
And if they can continue to generate pressure, if they can figure out a way to mask the OSI loss, whether that's a combination with Spence, Sample, and of course, um, you know, if Hodge ends up making the team, if that's an option, if they can come up with some sort of formula to be able to continue to generate pressure without Osai, maybe Osai comes back later in the year. We're, I, I, you know, I don't think we should count on that at this point in time. But um, at, at any at any rate, um, that's I, I think that's a that's a key. Hubbard is playing uh, some good football. This, this summer um, in training camp and in preseason, as is DJ Reader. I mentioned that, um, you know, if you get a little more out of some of these these other guys and you're able to, to get that rotation that you want up front, a lot of things are going to start coming together on that defense. And then, of course, the offensive line, Jonah Williams putting out uh, some good some good tape. Uh, you've got some of this, this big competition at guard and on the interior of the offensive line seems to be bringing out the best in a lot of guys. Now, one of the PFF scores, if you look at the pass blocking grades, one name that is glaringly not there is Billy Price. Um, but you do see a, a couple of nice blocks there. I played one for you. Um, so, you know, it, it's going to be, you still have Trey Hopkins um, coming along. I think they're going nice and easy with him. So you, you're hoping that, a combination of some good coaching from Frank Pollock and, you know, these guys just kind of getting more maturity, more reps is, is paying dividends and it seems to be doing so. But, uh, you know, I, I know this is a loss and 17 to 13 is pretty ugly. It wasn't great from a quarterback standpoint uh, on the Cincinnati Bengals side of things. Um, it wasn't great from their number five overall pick in Jamar Chase dropping a handful of balls. But, uh, you know, there are a lot of other positives to take away from this. And I think you're seeing the fruits of the, the, the talk of competition in a lot of these different spots. And some of these guys are stepping up. Some aren't, but some are starting to step up. And um, it's time for guys in this draft class now, especially these higher picks, they need to start doing some different things, particularly now that a, a very important one, Joseph Osai, is going to be gone for an extended period of time. That's going to do it for the post-game show. I want to remind everybody, I, a post-game show, it's like three days later, but that's okay. That's okay. We're, we're, uh, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll call it week two analysis, week two reactions. Let's call it that. <laughs> not not necessarily post game. We will be bringing you post game stuff and post game shows throughout the regular season. So keep it to us for that. But um, just for this week, we try something a little different. Uh, but again, we had this show today. We've got the water cooler chat tomorrow. We've got our big show Wednesday. We've got a special interview with some special guests coming out Wednesday or Thursday. Um, we'll put that out for you. And then of course we've got the listener questions live and round table session this Friday afternoon. It'll be at three Eastern with Jake Liskow and James Rapine of locked on Bengals. Really looking forward to that one. Um, those guys are, are great. And, um, it's been a while since we've had James on, we've had J Jake on in, in a, a different capacity. Uh, he called in, but, um, we're, we're looking forward to it. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, appreciate all of you tuning in, appreciate all the live, Viewers, appreciate all of you downloading on your favorite audio streamer. Please subscribe to this channel. Give it a thumbs up if you like the video. And hit the bell for notifications to be notified when we go live, when new content is available, and all of that good stuff. Appreciate you, everybody. Have a great rest of the week. We're going to bring you a ton of stuff. Hope you enjoy it. Take it easy, and we will see you soon.